What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm your boy, James Jackson, with a full roster, man. I feel like it's been a minute since a full roster. Everybody here, Jake Galley, Kyle Sirik, Stat Matt Robinson, and we ready to get it rolling. This past week was was very, very entertaining in the sports world, especially with one of the most exciting times of the year, and that's the NBA trade deadline. It did not disappoint. And that brings us right to the fact straight at you. By trading Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, and Aaron Gordon, the Orlando Magic traded away 58.8 points per game. That's 56.2% of total teams scoring. So we got to go down and go through all these deadline deals. And that may be the most notable one from, from Orlando's end. And that's Nick Vooch, Al Farouk Amino to Chicago for Otto Porter, Wendell Carter, and two first-round picks. So just off the bat, I know Jake, you were really high on this pick. We have to we have to unpack this and why it was such a big deal, really for Chicago and and Orlando for both of them, like really impactful. Yeah, I, I personally, and I got uh, dunked on for saying this it, at work, but I think Nick Vooch is like a top twenty player in the league. Um, it, he's close. He's borderline, is what we Real. eventually agreed on. Right. I think he's around like eighteen, nineteen, but for Chicago. You know, you're giving up Wendell Carter and Otto Porter. In my opinion, those two guys, their ceiling, they're close to their ceiling. I mean, they are what they are at this point in the league. I don't think overall that they're going to get that much better going forward. And um, you bring in a guy, Nick Vucevic, who's an all-star. You pair with Zach Levine. And now you add one more star to that roster. That is like a title contender. They are going to have a very tough squad for the next few years. I love the move. I saw Kyle like that. You said title contender. Kyle was like, eh. one, more I mean, one, more have, one more star on that team, though? One they more have star no defense. Team? They have no defense. They're, they're going to be, they're gonna be to... playing games that are 140 to 135. That's fine as long as they win them. They're, no, they're but they're going to lose as much. They're gonna, That's like a – those are slightly outside of the playoffs. They'll be like they'll, – they'll be like a slightly over 500 team. Go ahead, go ahead. What you were gonna say, Kyle, and I, and I because I need they're close. I need to see more production out of some other guys. Though I mean, Kobe White, I thought was gonna take a bigger jump than he did this year, and I'm not sure Zach Levine can really carry a team. And hey, Vucevic has got teams to the playoffs, but what has he done with them? I know there've been eight seeds and they win a game here or there, but I'm not sure about title contender with one more piece. I mean, we haven't even seen this team play yet. You get you get a player, and and Jake says like one more. Like, like star, like star, one, star. One more player who's better than Nick Vooch. Like he ain't got to be like the the top five players in the league. But if, if Nick Vooch is pseudo twentieth, twenty fifth best player in the league, get a guy in the teens, and I think they're a true title contender. You're telling me a guy like Russell Westbrook, if he goes to the Bulls, the Bulls aren't a title contender? They're not. Really? No, they're, Russ couldn't do it with guys way better than that. No, I mean, the, the, they're not. But he was there, but they were still title. It's contenders. a tall task to be a title contender. That'll be the best team. Like, they they might be a fun team that maybe wins a round in the playoffs, but they're not if, a title contender. If, if Patrick Williams turns out to be a great pick, because a lot of people thought they reached on him, and he's been looking good. He's a good defender got, too, to match. Yeah, hasn't, hasn't got the minutes yet, and Kobe White takes a leap, and they add another piece. Sure, but I, I'm talking a year or two down the road from now, and it's tough for me to see it because I'm not sure. I haven't seen Vuce in a in a game that matters. I haven't seen Zach Levine in a game that matters. You know, I, I mean, we're talking about guys that don't even have the experience yet being a title contender because one more piece, I got to see it. That's fair. Uh, I just think overall, and then also the other layer to this that I love, Nick Vucevic's deal is super team friendly. Uh, he declines like $2 million every year. So by the time that he's in the third year of his deal, he's about $6 million cheaper than he is right now. You now have added room to go. I mean, Chicago's somewhat of like a destination. I, I don't know if players are flocking to Chicago like they do to That's Miami and L.A. Big market. Right. I mean, you've had guys like A.D. say that he would love to play in Chicago. I'm not saying they're going to get A.D., but <laughs> there is now a possibility. You open the door compared to... You know, at the beginning of this season last year, you look at Chicago. I think they're leaps and bounds better than that team that they were. Uh, Arturis Karnishevis, I think I nailed that name. Their GM, uh, he's, he works in silence. We had no idea this move was coming, but he's solid. And I, I personally trust him to build a contender in Chicago. 
Yeah, and I, I think I think you're down on Chicago a little bit, Kyle. You're talking about guys who haven't been in games that matter. Like, maybe, but, I mean, Nick Vooch isn't – he has playoff experience. First-round sure, playoff experience, sure. whatever. He's He's been to the playoffs, and I don't think he's been with this talented of a team. You give him one and, more star with with star power like Zach Levine. Don't forget, Laurie Marketing, all his injuries are is still on the squad, too. Yeah, I like, got to see it for him, for I, sure. I, I, but, I, hear you, I hear you. I hear you got to see I it. Think, I think what Jake just said, that they are leaves above where we saw this team at the beginning of the year last year. I completely agree with that. I'm just not, I can't get on board with the title contender. They were horrible something. last year. Now they're decent. They're, they're above decent. They're they above, should, thank you. Thank you. They're above they, decent. They are above decent now. They, they should make the playoffs. If they don't, I'll be surprised. But they're not there yet. Okay. They're, they're well, well let me try to find a deadline deal that you like then, because this I thought we were starting that off hot. Like I thought we were all gonna be like, yeah, good for the Bulls. They're they're you know deep in the playoff contention, but like that we were mixed bag on that one. So how about I hit close to home then? George Hill to Philly for Tony Bradley and Austin Rivers to OKC, Terrence Ferguson to the Knicks. But the the, the biggest part about that, y'all 76ers get. George Hill, some veteran veteran point guard presence in the half courts. What I've been screaming about for the Sixers. So, does this deal sit better with you a little bit? Does, does, I like does it. There's no it. no one loses the trade. Picks go, but and Tony Bradley, thanks for the perfect game the other day. But <laughs> yeah, George, oh, that's, George, what got him, that's what got y'all this deal was Tony Bradley's game against the Warriors. <laughs> and the George Joel Hill, Hill it's just uh, it's. It's like a like a an, on a grade, like if you're getting graded, like a teacher bumps your score from like a 92 to a 95. That's that's what this does. Like it's not like a make or break, but it's a nice like bump, and it's something that the Sixers need. It's not like a huge splash like Kyle Lowry, but it's just a nice quality improvement, and it's something Daryl Morey's smart with. He didn't overpay for Lowry. He stuck to what he wanted, point. and he got a and he got. An, an improvement on a team without losing anything important because Dwight's our backup center. So, and and this that that's actually the first thing I not the first thing, but that's what stuck out to me the most about this trade is this trade told me that Daryl Morey will not one overpay for players or two be on the wrong side of a big deal. He will he just simply will not do it. And this is guy who's who's pulled mega deals in the past. Like, don't forget about what he did with the Rockets last year and two years ago to dump big contracts off of the Rockets. But in both cases this season, going to get James Harden and going to get Kyle Lowry, both the Rockets and the Raptors called the Sixers back with too much. And Daryl Moore hung up the phone. Like, he, he, would, he will not be on the wrong side. He will not give up the best assets just to get, you know, the the, the household name, the name that's, that's buzzing right now. Like, he truly wouldn't do it. When they asked for Ben Simmons and... and Tyrese Maxey and picks for James Harden. He was like, nope, that's too much. When they asked for Matisse Maxey and picks for Kyle Lowry, he's like, nope, that's too much. I'm going to go ahead and get, and get George Hill and not sacrifice the, the the pseudo pieces on my team to do it. Like, he's an above, he's a very above average GM for just being, for willing to dig his heels in the sand and say, this is where I'm not going to go. Right. He has a good feel on like market value and where he stands. Yeah. With the yeah. Houston deal, like, he knew. The Sixers had the best offer on the table. The fact yeah. that Houston decided to not take the best deal on the table, that you can't hold that against him. So I, I agree. Everything that I've seen out of Philly, on the court, off the court, in the front office, that has been be incredibly encouraging. Uh, and, you know, it all comes down to the playoffs. So we're, we're going to see. But uh, you, you know where I stand. This move is great. This move is great. And Matt's talking about this little bump from a 92 to a 95. Well, we're talking about a title contender. We're talking about the number one team in the East for basically the whole season now. We have been. I mean, it took us a second to get there, but that is the bump you need. This team needed a backup point guard. They needed maybe some bench shooting. I know we have Shake, maybe not the most efficient. Furkan's there one night, isn't there the next night. And you bring it in the guy that led the league in three-point percentage last year. I mean, I'm a little high on it because I got the receipts in my phone from a group text. I was like, who's the Sixers going to get? And I said, George Hill. And I said, maybe DeLon Wright. But but I mean, this is the perfect piece to get. Lowry was way too much of an overpay. You, you mess up your future if you bring that Lowry in. Not too much. But th this was the perfect piece to get for the Sixers. You needed a backup point guard. I mean, and and it's funny because I was thinking about the Rockets, you know, deal the whole time. 
And what was funny about to me what Daryl Morey did with the Rockets deal is he knew exactly what they were working with. Like he he had just faxed all the paperwork back over them, just cleared his hard drive. Like he knew exactly what was going on with them. I he knows like we have the best deal. Trust me, like I actually know from from financially where they standpoint, we got the best deal. So he knew when then you know if you're asking for more than that, that's fine. Y'all y'all can go dig your. When own Ben Simmons gets in foul trouble, the offense goes to complete shit. And now that we have that backstop, we have a floor general. He's never had a lot of assists, but he's just a smart vet who's been in a lot of big games, and he'll calm the storm. And he'll play he'll play like 25 minutes a game, and you won't be upset about him playing that many minutes. And that's what I liked about all these Daryl Morey moves. The pieces he's bringing in are these players, this mold. I mean, you bring in Dwight, you bring in Danny Green coming off of a championship, Danny Green coming off of Seth Curry. Curry. Seth Curry, you're bringing in these guys that are vets, you know, they're they're team guys. They've been on winners, two coming off of a championship and George Hill coming off the Bucks. He turned Zaire Smith into Tony Bradley, which turned into George Hill. That's just good GMing. You build on top. You trade the pet. Uh, the paper clip for the pencil, then the pencil for the pen. It's that kind of stuff. He, he really told Elton Brand, hold my beer for a second. As soon as he got in, didn't, it literally took him a couple months to construct this roster. It's nuts. But I'm glad we went on to what George Hill does on the court because we talk about this with Giannis all the time with, with a primarily full court game. When the game slows down, come, you know, home stretch of the regular season and in the playoffs, it becomes much more of a half court game. That's where the Sixers have found their limitations every single playoff since they've gotten this tandem of Simmons and Embiid. And George Hill may not play, may not start. He'll play starter-esque minutes and crucial minutes. He will end, you know, the game. He will end halves. He, he will be at those moments where you may need to weather a storm or you may just need to make sure we end this blank correctly. We need this stretch to go our way and it's a slower game. We can't rely on a full court game right now. That's where he's going to come in. And to be honest, it because of the the moves the other Eastern Conference contenders made, it didn't stick out to me. Jake, you were talking off camera about how the how the Philly radio was bitching about this move, and I, I kind of understood it because it's not like the name splashing that that the other teams made. And I thought you kind of had almost what you had in George Hill and Danny Green, but now you but but when I think about it further, he's more of a point guard than Danny Green is to a shooting guard, and you need that presence. Like you, you need just that veteran, you know, point guard presence. The reason you were going to get Kyle Lowry, so I'm higher on the deal than I uh, than I initially was at first. I was like, eh, this, this, you know, what, what does this do? 92 to 95, sure, but it's a, it's a crucial three points. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be huge. It's, it's crucial. All right, so moving down the list, yeah, there's a lot of them. There's this one is this one is easy to dissect. Rondo straight up for Harden. I mean, Rondo straight up for, I'm sorry, Rondo straight up for <laughs> Lou trade. Will. Yeah, okay, trade. Trade. Rondo to the Clippers, Lou Will to the Hawks. Straight up, moved them. I think this isn't the Clippers' benefit, but a lot of people like the move for the Hawks as well. Sitting at the eighth seed in the, in the I mean, you got to look at the Clippers first, mm-hmm. right? This is the team destined to make the playoff run, and this is their year. You can't say the same about the Hawks. The one thing that concerns me about this deal is, and I think Rondo's going to play, but you're going into a locker room that has Reggie Jackson and Pat Beverly, mm-hmm. two other point guards, two point guards, include, especially Reggie Jackson, that are playing well this season. So I know Rondo's the guy you need in the playoffs. He played about 24 minutes a game for the Lakers last year, but are you really going to, you know, this team has so many guards. Are you really going to find enough minutes for everyone and is Rondo really that guy to replace these people Kawhi, Kawhi wanted a point guard to start the season Kawhi wanted to go get Chris Paul in the offseason Kawhi wanted this this same to, style of Kyle Lowry to George get Hill, rid of Beverly though and I feel like Beverly's a good piece in the playoffs so, I, I don't know I Lou, like it the, though the thing with Lou Williams that the last two times he's played on a real contender which was the Rockets in 2016-17 and the Clippers last year he completely shot the bed in the playoffs 12.8 points per game last year, shot 23% from three. Yeah, that's With the Rockets, it was 12.5 points per game, 30% from three. He's just completely fallen off when his team needed it most. And they traded him for the most playoff high performer of this generation. Who bumps playoff, playoff, who's play up more in the playoffs than anyone but Rondo? Mm-hmm. They call it playoff Rondo for a reason, and they have championship experience that goes with Kawhi. And it's just a smart move for both teams. And then for, like you said, of the Hawks, 
another scorer. Rondo wasn't doing much for that team. And I think Lou Williams is going to have a nice little niche in Atlanta in their little fun season they're having. Oh, yeah, Lou I, about to be at Magic City. Lou about to be at Magic City for the Warriors. That's the perfect there. trade for him. He commissioned this one. Yeah, yeah. he had to get in proximity. But uh, I do think, James, as you said, like that mold of like Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, like Rondo, very hard-nosed, veteran, uh, defensively-minded, team-oriented. I think it's a great fit. And overall, like they're, they were rumored to be like intensely looking at Lonzo Ball. I would say Rondo is like a worse, older, cheap, much cheaper version of Lonzo Ball that you get for I'm essentially a guy who... Ron, that playoff experience is intangible. I don't want young Buck who, to Kyle's point, I've seen it. I don't want young Buck who hasn't been there before. I want Rondo fresh off the ship. Exactly. So, I'm so How about Rondo on his seventh team since Boston, which was like six Isn't years ago? crazy? Ridiculous. Ain't that crazy? But, I mean, think about the championship teams Kawhi's been on. The Spurs and the Raptors, to this point, both having that same mold of point guard. That facilitating can score when they need to, but very reliable point guard, Tony, Tony Parker, and then Kyle Lowry. And, uh, you know, he, he wanted a facilitator. They needed a facilitator. I think Rondo fits perfectly. Facilitate on offense, play good defense. That's, that's right in the Clippers' mantra. It would be super ironic if he... I mean, I don't think the Clippers are going to the finals, but he's with the Lakers goes to the finals, then he's right across... Oh, not even right across the hall. The same building uh, brings LA if they were to go to the finals would be incredible. But yeah, I, overall, not not a bad trade. I don't think it moves the needle much for me though. Yeah, I, I'm just, I just don't know where Rondo's role is really going to be here. Even with the Lakers, he didn't play that much. But he wasn't he, the reason they won crucial. the championship. But, yeah. he was, but he was crucial. You I guess the Clippers need that. The Clippers need that more than the Lakers did. Probably. I yeah. agree with that. I agree with that. All right, something that definitely moved the needle. Victor Oladipo to the Miami Heat for Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley, straight up. I mean, I think there's another trade that benefits both teams, but the Heat are looking to to make a jump, adding Victor Oladipo, you know, proven all-star in this league, looks to have come back when, when he wants to, you know, good and healthy off that, off that bad leg injury that he had. I think this is good for the Heat. Yeah. It's great for the Heat. This is a it's steal. <laughs> this is Pat Riley at it again. I mean, he is, once again, cultivating this talent down there in South Beach. It just makes me sick to my stomach how bad Houston played the entire Harden situation because you end up trading Victor Oladipo for two guys you most likely are going to waive. And what else did they get? A pick swap of, of some sort? It was something Over, like that, yeah. Even if it, even if it was a first-round pick. Why wouldn't you just keep Karis LeVert? If you're going to trade Oladipo, you have Karis yeah. LeVert, who is healthier. Well, thankfully, now healthier. And, in my opinion, better than Oladipo in the first place. I don't think they I don't think they thought they were going to trade Vic. I thought when, when they got Vic, they had John Wall, Victor Oladipo, Boogie Cousins, Christian Wood. I think they thought they were going to do something. And then it all and then it went to hell. Then it went to hell quick, and they became I mean, when they made that Victor Oladipo trade, there was Rockets faithful talking about second round playoff appearance. Like they, they were high about their team, even after losing the worst team in the league. Congratulations! And and, then they proceeded to lose twenty straight. They waved Boogie. Christian Wood got hurt. Like like, it literally all went. It couldn't have went downhill more quickly than it did for the Rockets. I don't think when they got Victor Oladipo that they thought in two months that they would be shipping him off for yeah. You know, for, for Avery Bradley. Daryl Morey is laughing at the organization right now about what just happened. This could have never happened under him. But in terms of the Heat, I mean, I know Victor Oladipo is probably not, you know, that guy. He's not the same dude after the injury. He's back a little bit. He shows spurts, but he's not that guy every night like he mm-hmm. used to be. But he's still putting up, what, 21 points a game? I mean, I this think, is a huge piece. They're, I think Tyler lower Hero's volume is going to help year. him a lot. He's forced to be re- yeah. shoot, shoot a bunch of bad shots because the rest of that Rockets team is so dreadful. His percentages will go... I think Kale's is scoring will go down to like 14 points per game, but his percentages will go back to what he was doing at Indiana. And Oladipo is still a good defender. I mean, this is a guy they might need. They made that run last year, but Tyler Hero is not looking like he could repeat what he did last year, a key guy on the team. And you lose Olenek, who, okay, probably plays 28 minutes a night, but Precious Achua has been waiting for minutes. He's been money. Iguodala, you know, probably not playing the volume he needs to. Iguodala is going to get a bump of minutes. It doesn't hurt their team at all. 
all you're doing is adding in another bucket on your squad that, by the way, plays defense and can pass the ball. I mean, I think that he got a little more dangerous because people were kind of sleeping on them off of the title run last year. Like, oh, that was Cinderella's story. They got a little more dangerous this year. I'm not sure where they're at, but it, it could be a little scary. They, at the very least, got Jimmy some help. At the, at the, at the very least, like if, if he's going to put the entire squad on his back again, he's going to need somebody else to, to pick it up every once in a while. Vic can at least do that. I mean, and granted, I, mean, I, that. I agree that like it is like it can't be a negative just based on the value they got out of the deal. But number one, I think Butler, at, like when you're talking about like winning titles, building a team to win a title, like I don't think Oladipo and Butler fit that well together. They kind of, I mean, they're not the same player. Jimmy's a lot more defensively focused, but they kind of have the same style. They both need the ball in their hands. Um, and overall, like I know there's people talking about Victor Oladipo's knee being a huge question mark. Um, and some teams, that, that's that's a reason a lot of teams were kind of crossing him off their trade list. But um, I, I guess in the, at the end of the day, like I've been saying, a win is a win for Miami. You gave up Avery Bradley and Olenek, and you got a guy who used to be an all-star. There are a couple of GMs in, in this trade deadline that are just not playing games. Daryl Moy and Pat Riley are at the top of that list. They're just not playing games when it comes to this, this trade deadline stuff. All right, a couple more. We got to move through them quick so we can move on. This one, again, you were talking about deals that came out of nowhere. This one came out of nowhere for me. Gary Harris, Gary Clark, and RJ Hampton to Orlando for Aaron Gordon to go back to the Nuggets. The Magic, we talk about the hall, the Magic kind of cleaned house just now. And Aaron Gordon goes, you know, it might fit, goes mile high to Denver. And everyone's looking for Denver to, to come back in and really stamp them, stamp themselves amidst this Western Conference playoff contention. And does this do it? Does this, you know, does, does this, to me, this kind of replaces what they had in Jeremy Grant last year. A little, There's a little bit. They're scary right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're getting these guys in and Lakers are banged up. Clippers are really the only one they're looking at above them right now for the time being. You know, Lakers will be back in the playoffs, but hey, Nuggets were there last year. They're playing good basketball and Aaron Gordon can excel this team to a next level. I don't think it's a huge pickup. I, th I think he never developed into that superstar we thought he could be three years ago, but he's still a solid player. And you said that Jeremy Grant, I like that comparison. I think it's... An easy improvement. Gary Harris has been injured all year, hasn't been shooting well. Um, and Millsap is really showing his age this year. And Gordon is just an improvement over every... He does what Millsap does. He's basically Paul Millsap of five years ago, except mm. right now. Um, I was about to say the same exact thing. It's The Nuggets are there. Their, their net rating really shows that they're one of the best teams in the West at 4.6. I think they'll climb, they'll, they'll pass the Lakers. They really, really got to hope they, it's not, they don't get a 4-5 matchup against the Lakers, which would be really unfair to them. Uh, but if they can climb up and they can make noise, I trust them in the playoffs more than I trust Phoenix or Utah. So I do too. They were able to make the deal without giving up. Um, you know, some guys who I think would be more coveted. Granted, Aaron Gordon isn't going to pull you like a Michael Porter Jr., I don't think, um, even though uh, his minute situation's been a little interesting over there. But one thing I would watch now that they did away with two of their guards is their guard depth. If you have Jamal Murray go down, like, you're not... I mean, I guess, like, whatever, you could pick out any team and say your second guy goes down, but, like, you're in big trouble in terms of your guard depth. If you lose Will Barton or Jamal Murray, you're going to be starting... Facundo Campazzo. I mean, Monte Morris. Uh, Monte, Monte Morris is there. Monte Morris is there. They do have Monte Morris. He's, he's currently out, but like you, you are correct. I actually forgot about Monte right, Morris. So. Right. Going going down the road. Going down the road. But I, I do I do think overall Denver got better. Uh, and on the Magic side of things, you know they're kind of the um, they, they've been sending everyone out. But the pieces that they've got in, I do like RJ Hampton and and you you add to draft capital. So overall, um, not not bad for either team. I think it's a win win. The, yeah. the Magic could either keep banging their head up against the same eighth-seeded brick wall every year, or they can say at some point we have to move pieces to get pieces. At some point, we got to start looking further. Nick Vooch doesn't get any younger. Evan Fournier doesn't get any younger. These pieces don't get any younger. And if we could, we could be the seven and eight seed for the next three to four years to ride out their contract, what does that do for us? What does that do for anybody? 
But Shad, if they really blew their chance with Vucevic early on, they had Oladipo, they had Tobias Harris, they had Vucevic, and they had Fournier. That's a good four that you could build off, but they got rid of Oladipo and Tobias Harris really early, and they never were able to build around Vuce, and now they get another chance to start from scratch. I think Ibaka was somewhere in that mix. I don't know if he's at, on that exact roster. Ibaka but. was tra- and they traded to Oladipo to about to OKC for Ibaka. Right. right, that's right. Uh, last point I'll make is that Aaron Gordon leaving also makes room for Jonathan Isaac to fully grow when he comes back next year. Uh, I think that he's a great young player and he is someone who they can build around. I mean, among other players, but I like him and now he has room to grow there. True, very true. Last one. We just talked about him. We said his name very briefly. Evan Fournier goes to the Boston Celtics for two second round picks. All y'all, and it doesn't surprise me, all y'all are Sixers fans. So every year Boston, you kind of just do a stank face and shrug your shoulders. But you heard it's this. A good, it's you know a good I mean? move. For, for, for a team that's, that's that. underachieving, for a team that's underachieving, getting someone like Evan Fournier, I think is a good move. Right now, yeah. this it's a good move. But right, the way I see the Eastern Conference, there's three teams that there are only three teams that have a shot to win the East, and then like the Heat are like under the curtain, like maybe they'll jump out. I don't see anyone else having a shot to actually win the East. The Celtics, they improved their team. It's a it's a good move for them. But and uh, in terms of like moving the needle in the Eastern Conference, I don't see it doing much. Daniel Tice was in this deal. No, Tice moved in another deal, and that's what I was going to bring up because I don't care about this Fournier thing, really. I mean, I mean, you just got rid of Tice. What are you trying to do, small ball? Because James Harden tried to do it, and it didn't work, and you don't have James Harden. Yeah, I mean, on top of the five still. Come on, man. Yeah, come on. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care much about this. I think Fournier is a good player. I think it's insurance because we've seen injuries on this team recently with Kemba and Marcus Smart maybe mm. there, but now you have – I mean, Tatum's not a guard, but he plays the wing most of the time. You got five guys. Your five best players all play the one through three. Tatum's technically a four, but you see what I'm saying. I just, I, I, I'm not huge on this. is basically a store brand Gordon Hayward. You make the deal because it makes you better, but I don't think it matters. And I'm looking at it from purely a Sixers Eastern Conference point of view. It may not matter to y'all being number one, but if this moves the Celtics from where they are, I mean, seven, eight right now, where they are back to four, five, six range. That does something for them. Yeah. It's only like half a game difference if you look at the I mean, that's, uh, I mean, and, and, and the way they're playing, that's I, I don't know what they're not going to make a four or five game jump by the end of the season. It might be a half game to a game jump in the standings that they're, that they're going to get. But that's seating matters. Like seating definitely matters. And and a closing lineup of Kemba, Evan Fournier, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and whoever you want at the five. I was going to say Tristan Top, whoever you want at the five. That's not a bad closing lineup. You might have to go small. That's not a bad closing lineup right there. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to need some bigs, man. They're they're doomed until they get some bigs, especially if Kemba Walker is going to be playing like how he's been playing. So, uh, you know, that makes me feel better at the end of the day as a Sixers fan. Going to bed really helps knowing the, the Celtics are uh, eight seed and they hey, stink. Hey, hey, what that 1-8 matchup, if y'all see the Celtics, y'all best not lose. That's all I'm going to say. Y'all best, not, <laughs> y'all best not lose. All right, winners and or losers of this trade deadline before we ride out Kyle you want to go first winner or loser yeah you guys actually we got into that magic talk and you took a lot of my points away but uh <laughs> mine is the magic and I think they're winners I mean you did ship off a good portion of honestly your best players honestly like your starters and you got rid of them but this team is the fourth worst team in the league I know they've gone back to back since as the eight seed they take a game off the bucks both years whatever like this team has to rebuild and the haul that they got for Fournier Gordon Vucevic and Aminu was insane I mean, Otto Porter, Wendell Carter, Gary Harris, Gary Clark, RJ Hampton, three firsts and two seconds for basically the fourth worst team in the league. Like, th- that's what you got. And I-, I mean, I'm not sure how much of a role Otto Porter or Gary Harris is going to have, but I like Wendell they're, Carter. They're I like RJ Hampton. Pieces, though. Uh, yeah, next year, contender going to trade for them to be like the fourth or fifth piece, and they that's can get the more thing. draft capital. And I like RJ Hampton. Wendell Carter is going in with Mo Bamba now, who were yeah, drafted back to back. It's all young pieces and the draft picks, who they've been pretty solid with. They got Cole Anthony. Uh, Bamba hasn't shown it yet, but you go back a year before. Jonathan Isaac, as you mentioned. I mean, they've got a lot of young pieces and draft capital, and, the, and on the trajectory their team was going, that, that wasn't there. I mean, you had to give up your starters to get this. And 
they were right to rebuild at the time they did and got some good pieces back. I'm mad at it. I'm mad at it. Jake, sure. winner or loser of the deadline? Uh, I'm going to go back to Chicago. Um, I think that they were the staunch winner here. I, I, I really believe that when you add Vucevic into the fold with Levine, and, and this year, you know, they'll probably end up being like a four through six seed. I think this is now going to elevate them above the play-in tournament. They'll have a guaranteed playoff spot. But going forward, like the ability to um, really kind of be free with your money and still have those two stars, well, you know, loosely, we're going to use stars loosely with Vucevic, but he's all a very stars. solid all player. Stars. All, stars. all stars. It's important. And just the playing style between Vucevic and Levine, I think, meld really well. High pick and rolls. Vucevic shooting 40% this year from three. Like, that's a very solid duo. Now you're you're one piece away, in my opinion. I think the Nuggets are the big winner. Uh, we talked about it, what I think Aaron Gordon can do. And I really like that they have a strong young core. They have four players that are 27 or younger. They can build around that. That's Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and now Aaron Gordon. And I just think it's a solid... LeBron, at some point, has to start aging. Sure. Um, and in three <laughs> years from now, they could be the... And with the Clippers being a very short-term project, three years from now, they could have, like, the best assembled group and be, like, the Western Conference favorites. Yeah. And I really like... And I'll do a quick loser. Just the Rockets. The, the Rockets. <laughs> They've been a loser all season, though. Yeah. They've been a loser all, that's all, all That's season. all you need to say. So. I'm, 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 I don't know if I've seen a, a bigger loser in an NBA season. And I saw the Sixers win, like, 11 games. And, I, and like, they didn't look this bad as an organization. Um, but I'll say on the theme of losers, and speaking of LeBron James maybe finally aging, I mean, it's the first time he's, he's you know, missed extended minutes since his first year on the Lakers. And um, so I think I do think the Lakers are the loser of this trade deadline just by not getting anything, by not doing anything. They missed out on the Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond sweepstakes, if you want to call it. Andre Drummond just put out his contract today, a day after the NBA trade deadline. So the Lakers probably cursing him, you know, up a storm in his office now that Andre Drummond is a, is a, a free agent. But, you know, it, they're, they're right now they needed that big man depth and they needed to upgrade while LeBron and AD are out for injury. And the fact that they didn't and the teams under them did, um, I think it's going it's to cause them a, a major problem in terms of seeding. And LeBron's going to have to play catch up when he comes back. AD, they're going to have to play catch up when they get back. They're not going to have the luxury of kind of having it on lock and in control going into the playoffs. They're going to be exerting a lot of en energy to make up ground. And that's not what LeBron wants to do at 36. I don't think that's what Anthony Davis wants to do ever. Like, they, they had a clear pathway to the championship last year, and it's not there this year. And I, I think the Lakers are a loser of the deadline, for sure. I, I, it's still the Lakers. We'll see what happens. But I, I, I would have liked to see them move, especially just with LeBron's history. I think the winner is history. Dennis Schroeder, because everyone thought for sure he'd get traded, and now he gets to play on a team that might contend for the title. They probably will contend for the title. He's been a good piece too. They ain't been good. They, I mean, they. LeBron happy for Schroeder. To come back. Imagine when, being Schroeder. You play with LeBron, and then boom, you get shipped off to Cleveland because they want Andre oh, Drummond. Oh, oh, <laughs> he will not be the first one, Matt. And he will not be the yeah. last one. I was gonna say <laughs> with LeBron. You I know. If, you if, the bullet. <laughs> if you do not fit. All right. Speaking of deals. We thought the, the NBA trade deadline was the only big deals that we were going to see today or yesterday. And then the NFL said, hold on, because I, I got something to say about that. Two big trades happened today in the NFL, both having to do with the draft. So the first one um, is the, the Dolphins. I mean, all, all this is, is mixed around. Um, the Dolphins get Philly's sixth overall pick this year. Philly's fifth rounder in 2021. San Francisco's first and third rounders in next year's draft and San Francisco's first in 2023. But the big one, the most notable one, is they get Philly's sixth overall this year. The Eagles get the Niners' 12th overall, Miami's fourth rounder in this year, and Miami's first in next year. And then the Niners get the third overall pick in this year's draft. So, and Miami's got first to give out, so they're not really lacking in first. Well, they're not, they're not lacking in first. But they did trade their third overall pick, so... I guess two is safe. I think. You know what I mean? I, I, I think I it means. That, I think yeah. it means that they really like the Chase Smith Pitts area, 
and yeah. they got more draft capital from the 49ers. Um, and they can build around Tua with more first-round picks and still keep a high draft pick. I think it's a win-win-lose. I think the Eagles win. I think the Dolphins win. I think the Niners lose because I don't know what they're I, – I, they might like Mac Jones a lot, but that's a lot to no. give up for – It's if not they get Mac Fields Jones. Three, that's something. It's but. Fields. It, it's Fields or Wilson. At three, and they're gonna have. I think quarterback might go one, two, three. But it, but we went it to might, Lawrence I, Wilson Fields. Am I crazy to think that the Niners did this to ensure they get Devontae Smith? They ensure they get no. a wideout? No, I don't think so. They could have traded a six to ensure they, they get I mean, they, Smith they, or Chase. That's that's true. That's true. But to ensure it, to ensure they get Devontae Smith, to ensure they they get the the, the top wideout in the draft. I mean, they came out and said they're not they're not I, drafting a quarterback that Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter. They said that when when free agency started, like like Jimmy Garoppolo is our is our quarterback next year. Remember when Kingsbury said Josh Rosen is our guy? <laughs> you can't I trust guess these people. Change, but but Cliff Kingsbury said that, and then and then years turned. Like the Niners said that a month ago. Like I don't think they they would completely run and turn their stance in I think, a month to go and draft the quarterback. I think. I think they may have, man. I, I think, to me, this means quarterbacks are going one, two, three. And then the Jets might not take Wilson, but I think the Jets are going to take Wilson, and then Fields goes three. I think that's wrong. I think you should flip-flop those two. But I, I actually see this as a win-win medium. I, I'm not going to call San Fran a loser. I'm not going to call San Fran that's a loser fair. because I just if this they gave up a lot. Because we, yeah, but this is what you got to do for guys. If they really see a franchise quarterback here, this is what you got to do in this league. And it's if just, it works out, I think it's, it's, I think they gave up a lot, but if it works out, it's all fine for them. But isn't it bizarre? Like, so, like, let's say they do think, like, one of these guys is a franchise. Do you think all three are franchise quarterbacks? Like, for them, to me, them moving up before the draft to get the third pick means that they're okay with any of the three guys any of the top three quarterbacks or they have something else completely else in mind because well, it just doesn't they know make not sense get lawrence it means yeah. they, right they're but they're like you don't know fields or wilson you don't know if fields or wills or which one is going to be there most likely unless i mean what i assume is that they tried to offer this same package that they moved up to three they tried the same thing with the jets to the jets and the jets probably said we're taking this guy and the X guy. So they said, okay, well, we know that this guy's going to be available. We're going to move up. But to me, it's just, the timing of it just doesn't make sense. Uh, and as an Eagles fan, that's that's kind of how I felt as well. I always think the picks, when, when teams realize their guys are there, they've fallen. My guy's there. Let me move up. They're willing to offer more than before the draft um, when you don't have that information readily available. So... Overall, like you guys have been saying, it's not that bad. The Eagles are now stocking up on picks next year if the Colts make the playoffs. The Eagles could have three first-round picks. So I I guess I can't be too mad, but I was looking forward to buying a Jamar Chase jersey, watching him score a whole bunch of touchdowns in far screen. Let me piggyback off that point. Now at 12, the Devontae Smiths, the the Jamar Chases, the, the top quarterbacks are gone. Now, I disagree. Now it's into Devontae Smith you, might you be there. Like I, think Devontae Smith, I think Devontae Smith could be there fully. I think Chase and Pitts are way going. I think Devontae Smith could easily you be think, there at you 12. Think both, you think Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts are both getting taken before Devontae Smith, before the high school? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Yep. All three. So all too. three, y'all. Yeah. I think that if this, I mean, Eagles fans hate this for some reason. I'm fully fine grabbing another first rounder, moving up 30 spots later in the draft and just to drop six this draft. I mean, we, uh, we we're, get we're Devontae horrible. Smith, Our roster is terrible. We need that's the thing. That's like, the reason getting, not to, getting Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, who I'm all, I was all in on Kyle Pitts. I think he's like, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like favorite. I'm confident about that, but that's not going to solve the, cataclysmic problems with this roster it, that, that's so what I think that's, so too it, and I I wouldn't be I'd be fine if we get like Patrick Sertain Jr. at 12 like that wouldn't make me that upset so okay okay but let's not forget that the original Howie's original thought and original move was to move up to three to to <laughs> to, to try and draft a quarterback that, that was the original move it didn't work so you guys ended up you know 
you know, stockpiling capital and going back to 12. But that was the original. Was that not the original? The original I would have I would have been so mad if we did that. Yeah, that boils that my blood. Weird. Come on, man. Um, I think I think just real quick on number 12, like even if Devontae Smith isn't there and you're hell bent on getting a receiver, like I don't know if you guys have been looking at what Rondale Moore has been posting, his measurables. He's 5'7", right? But the dude has crazy hops, crazy wheels, production. There's a lot of different ways you can go in this draft. There's a chance Michael Parsons may fall, maybe not. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. I'm okay with them moving down um, because, you know, after the the top three quarterbacks are gone, they were going to be in a good move down spot. Even if they waited up until later in the draft, like I said, someone wants their guy. So, right, and to your point, there are so many holes in your team that at twelve, getting the best available, which may just be how he's moved now, just the, the best available guy will probably plug a hole at somewhere in our team, whether it's Michael Parsons, uh, Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, whatever. Like we need somewhere, someone at every position. So yeah, may, and, may just take some pressure off of him. And talk about Rondell Moore because we can't talk NFL draft without giving a shout out to our man Matt Valavitos our NFL draft friend of the show and he put me onto this guy at the beginning of the season he was like there's five wide receivers and he hasn't been wrong about any of them and Rondell Moore was not seen as that before the season started I mean I think 12 would be way too high but I think he'll be a stub wherever he goes who are the the five receivers it's Chase Smith Rondell Moore I believe Rashad, Rashad Bateman and the fifth, I do not remember. Amari Rogers. Yeah, it's a super. I think it might have been the other um, Batman kid. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Waddle. 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 That's Waddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it would be. But not only is it need... super deep for receiver for draft, man, I think that's what you're going to say. Receiver in general, this offseason, the, the free agent market for receiver was wild. Still kind of is. There's still some names out there. And then with the draft, too. So. Receivers about to be on the move. Like Today that. made me uh, hype about the draft again. And we <laughs> it's still ways away, but I'm hype about the draft already just because of what happened uh, today. This is a sweet day because while you guys are looking forward to the draft, my team is sewed up and back together and ready to go. Really All 22 are back. That's crazy. That, that is crazy, happened. man. I and they I got two. I didn't think. I mean, it, you know, hats off to my man, AB. Glad, glad you got it. You know, glad you got a ring on your finger. Sorry, sorry you couldn't. You couldn't make it into into the huddle, but Leonard Fournette was the one I was most surprised about. I didn't. I thought after all these moves, I didn't think we were going to get him. But it's what franchise tag and Chris Godwin does. But it wasn't yeah. about the bucks. But um, all right, I think that's I think that's all we got for this. Kyle, you got this past week in sports. Yes, sir. We're going to keep on the best thing I saw, worst thing I saw, and funniest thing I saw format for best uh, for past week in sports. So the best thing I saw. Was Oral Roberts, baby. I can't let this one slide by. We have a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. I mean, they took down Ohio State in OT on Friday. Two days later, beat Florida, the seven seed. But this team is just fun to root for. If you guys watch these games, they shoot like 33s a game. They got two kids, Obanar and Abams, who both have like over 25 in both yeah. games. Abams leading score in the country coming in. Coming dude, in. they've just been so fun to watch. They're so fun team to root for. I think it dies with Arkansas. But best believe I'll be watching it because it's a fun team to watch. Interesting fact about the actual person, Oral Roberts. He was against oral sex, which I find kind of funny. <laughs> that was not what I expected to hear today. That's the funniest thing. I've, that's the funniest that's thing. That's too funny, man. That's not what I expected. Does that have anything to yeah. do with his name? Please elaborate that after that because does that have anything to do with his name? Is that why? Like, or is his birth given name? I think his birth religious. given name was Oral Roberts. I, some, I saw like. So I heard audio of like a speech he gave like in like early 2000s about how anything other than penis and vagina is an abomination to God. Wow. Like you wouldn't Religion. put it in an eyelid and it's like, what are you doing? This <laughs> <It> was weird <laughs> ass video. That made a Sweet 16 bound now. Sweet 16, yeah. And uh, I believe only the second 15 seed to do it with Florida Gulf Coast being the other. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Oral Roberts. I'm definitely watching this weekend. Yes. We got to move into the worst thing I saw this past week though. And that was just injuries. You guys talked about the MVP thing, and of course, LeBron suffered a high ankle sprain. He's out four to six weeks. LaMelo fractured his right wrist, had that surgery, likely done for the year. And Steph Curry, a little more minor of an injury, but he's only missed four games and is missing four more at the very least. This is only a week after we saw Joel get hurt, and with the playoffs not so far out, it's tough to see this for the league. And, I mean, 
I think they're all back besides LaMelo. Probably not going to be back. They'll be back, but just going down the stretch of games, this is tough for these teams, especially LeBron, who really isn't used to getting hurt around this time of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's pivotal for these teams, too. The Hornets, yeah. who are just trying to cement their, their playoff spot, I mean, without LaMelo, it, it, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what this team looks like. They're still yeah. moving up, man. Yeah, they're still, I mean, I, they're I, still I, winning games. This is straight up. facts curse, dude. Like, we talked about the Hornets, or we talked about or LaMelo gets hurt. We talk about MVP race, LeBron gets hurt. Joel gets hurt. I got. I got to talk to. We got to get our man Ahmad back on. Man. What you doing with some some voodoo in there, man? Because all the guys you talked about. But I mean, to, to that point, I think now this is the best opportunity Damian Lillard has to, yep. you know, yeah. shoot up that MVP race. If not, become the front runner. So I agree. We'll and then the funniest thing I saw this past week, and I can't hear, can't wait to hear your guys' takes on it, is when Draymond Green said, mm-hmm. and I quote. I'm the best defender to ever play basketball. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I think the quote speaks for itself. I'm going to just come out and say that's a hard no. But I was cracking up when I saw this and all the reactions on it. And here's It's sad th- because it makes people like have to... He's a great defender. But Thank like, you, Matt. That's but, literally but, my exact but, And him doing this makes it, everyone shit on his defense just because yeah. it's not like... In the on the Mount Rushmore. Like, he's just a great defender. He's like, a great defender. He, and he, he's... he's one of the best. I just want to say, he played LeBron in the finals four straight years. He was not the one that guarded LeBron. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, yeah. But like that was my exact point, and it makes like novice fans who don't really know Draymond. Oh no, fuck you know, screw him. And I'm like, look, I'm not gonna sit here and and bash the guy because he's a great defender. But like, why you gotta take it so far to where it's not true anymore? Like, and like, let in us the worst year of your career. In the worst year of your career, you just got to come out and say something so people remember you. Yeah, that's what it is. He's, he's getting ready for the media side, man. He's starting to warm up his TNT yeah. blazers. Uh, he's I'm getting a, I'm all gonna that. I'm going to tell him what he told Paul Pierce when Paul Pierce was on the Clippers. You chasing that farewell toy, they don't love you like that. Like, not you're not the greatest defender ever. They don't love you like that. Get out of here. It's like when, do you remember, like, the social media posts? Like, Draymond would lock up Shaq or, or was there something no, along those great. lines. Are you making yeah. Shaq have to say something crazy about you on national Because <laughs> you want to insult him. Nah, he didn't have to go that far. That's yeah. funny. But, but that is it for this past week in sports. And we can move into the countdown now. And we'll start with number five. The number of Nugget starters to shoot. 37.5% or more from three this season. Like that that's that's insane. That's how you win in today's NBA. We talked about them a lot on today's episode. They only presumably got better with adding a, a, a nice piece in Aaron Gordon. So man, look watch watch out for the Nuggets. A team that was down and out at the beginning yeah. of the season, but don't don't you it also shows how important creation is and Jokic is able to give so many open opportunities to that's true that happens with the center that can give you 10 assists a game mm-hmm. and the three ball bails you out in the playoffs even if you're not there on everything you can get bailed out by the three ball so that's mm-hmm. definitely a plus for the nuggets let's go to number uh, four. Oh, never mind <laughs> it's okay i was only i was only going to dunk on Jokic. uh number four is the <laughs> pac-12 team still in the tournament after the first weekend that being oregon usc ucla and Oregon State, an absolute shocker to uh, those who made their brackets and I'm sure filled them with Big Ten teams, assuming that they would be the powerhouses running through the tournament. Instead, it's the powerhouse known as Oregon State, as we all predicted, right? We were literally sleeping on them because their games ended at 1 a.m. Oh, wait. And I, and I won't <laughs> apologize for sleeping on the Pac-12. I mean, I'm, okay. I do have to apologize to the Pac-12 because I was I was talking greasy about them, thinking that no, no Pac-12 team was going to advance. But I will apologize for just, like, being ignorant about these teams because, like, yeah. they, they come also late. Like, what you weren't the only one. Yeah. Everyone going into this tournament was like, Big Ten and Big 12 are so much better than all these teams. And you look at the Big Ten and two of their top three teams are gone. Right. Illinois, Iowa, and Ohio State. Out. Ohio State. What happened? But uh, let's go to number three. Number three. The number of teams Victor Lodipo has been on this season. Started with the Pacers, had a little stint with the Rockets, and now is finishing... In South Beach. I mean, Vic, Vic on the move. I mean, this is. I didn't know I he was he's like a mobile object like this in the, in the NBA. I thought, you know, once a team got Nick Vooch, you know, he would stay on that squad. But the, I talked to, I said it earlier, I'll reiterate. I don't think the Rockets, when they got Victor Oladipo in the beginning of the season, I didn't think, I don't think they thought they were going to move him. 
we're in that position. I mean, there for what? Two months? Yeah. They're not reading the tea leaves, man. This man posts about Miami every chance he gets on his social media. I think he's going to find a home there. I think that he's going to sign after this year. It's where he wanted to go when he was in Indiana. There was reports that he wanted to go to Miami. So I think that he's finally home there in Miami. Isn't this the squad that he asked in the playoffs when they when they got eliminated? Like, yo, can I play with y'all? That's right. Yep. His, his, his real estate agent is working overtime. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I just hope he's renting. Let's go to number two. The first time since 2005 that both of the two goats, I'm not sure how there are two goats, but uh, of this era have not made the quarterfinals of the Champions League, that being Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a new time. I was talking about this with, um, with one of my friends. Like, who is, like, even, like, I, I don't know, in terms of, like, the next up of the soccer generation. Like, Mbappe. Like, Neymar, I don't. to be considered, like, the next, but he's the best player. He should he have won Ballon d'Or if it wasn't um, canceled last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lewandowski's been a Lewandowski's been a menace too. Um, yeah. I mean, Barca getting bounced out of the champ like it don't even hurt anymore. Like Barca getting bounced bounced out of the Champions League. Like it literally when when it happened this year, like it literally didn't even hurt. And I was like, ah. <laughs> that's what happened. James is only James is only there when they're winning. Yeah, exactly. They're losing it. That's I'll true. pick the flag back up when we when we in the final. Yeah, right. All right, let's go to number one. The number of seconds it takes to realize that Googling Fournier was a bad idea. I, I'm not even sure. Like, <laughs> I didn't do this. So, I like, this. I guess I guess after. You after should do it right. You should do it on, on stream here, James. Do it. Google why it for my the computer? team. Y'all don't want to give your computer a virus. Why I got it? It's not a virus. It's, I promise it's not a virus. Okay. All right. I'm going to open an incognito tab. So, you know, <laughs> so none of the cookies get saved. Let's see. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, stupid. you're, this is our brave soul here. I look at I mean, it. Like, oh, I'm really putting the key on the back here and see what happens. I'm guessing I gotta go to images then. Uh, yeah, I didn't. No, yeah, not, <laughs> nothing bad. I just got Evan Fournier pictures. Thank God. Oh, really? Wow. Thank God. Thank God. So it, All it right, says, confirmed. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, oh, you guys oh, now oh, also have oh, to Google it. Oh, oh, oh. No pictures, but yeah, the first, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I see. Oh, no. I just read it. I clicked the X. Yeah, I just read it. it yo, click the, oh, no. Dude, this man told the fans, he's like, oh, Google my last name if you don't know who I am. It would have been the best if he did hashtag gangrene, but he didn't. Yeah. It's pretty good test. When you had people do what I just did just now? Correct. Yeah, he tweeted it. It's a very, very Boston thing to do. You know, you know it's gonna ruin people. He fits in. You know, you laugh at it. That's crazy. Uh, everyone who's listening to this podcast, watching this podcast on YouTube, do that. Go ahead and go ahead and just Google Fournier. The top link is all you need to to, to really throw your your day sideways. And you guys can all thank Stat Matt for that because that was that was. Good. I'm not even gonna read what it says because like no, don't. I, I, it's don't. one i want them to see it authentically because i had to so they should have to go through it too and i just there's probably some impressionable ears and i, I they just probably shouldn't hear what that disease is but we're almost out of time for this episode of straight facts we can get some shots up at the buzzer as always matt i'm making you go first because you have to you you have to move us to the next segment after we just made us go <laughs> um i have a i just can't wait i'm, I'm i've been looking up tickets for Phillies games and Sixers games, looking at a little too pricey right now because everyone wants to come back. But the fact that I can ponder about going to live sporting events in the future is mm-hmm. so fantastic to me. It's I want the I miss the collective roar of a crowd, like just those moments, and even on TV, hearing the roars of like real fans in a great moment. Yeah. We were robbed of that for a whole like. I feel bad for like Bucks fans who watch who never got to see their Super Bowl team, like other than like a couple people. Like mm-hmm. the only, I feel, and then the fact that live sports are coming back in the near future has got me very That's hyped. Crazy. And I'm like, going the, to a Sixers playoff game. The, I've already decided. I'm paying the price at least once. I don't care. The authentic sound of eight thousand real fans still beats whatever pumped-in noise they could try to simulate of. 20 to 30,000. Like this. 100%. It's still, it still beats it. It's great. All right, Jake, Kyle, who's going next? You got something to say at the buzzer? 
I'll go real quick right. just because I had one and you made me change it halfway through. And I'm going to put on my Kyle Sierra stamp of approval okay. and get with this prediction. And that is that Devontae Smith is going to be at 12. The Eagles are going to take him. And I'm going to leave the prediction at that. That's a, that's I'm going to say, you bought enough. <laughs> you bought enough with that prediction. I After we went through that argument, I convinced myself. I was looking up mock drafts while we were talking about the countdown. And uh, Devontae Smith's going to 12. And we're going to get him. And all the Eagles fans that are hating right now are going to be rejoicing when we pick him. And I predicted it. Yeah. I will say this. I won't be surprised if and when Kyle Pitts is the second wide out tight end, whatever, you know, receiver to go off the board after Jamar Chase. I think he should be. Jake, got the point. Uh, the only thing, well, actually, I have two quicker-ish things. They are the, the, the Walmart like name brand or uh, a generic brand french toast sticks let me tell you what i had french toast sticks today for the first time in maybe 10 years they were god level like i put them in the air fryer for four minutes that's why god level it was you over here blessing walmart it's that air fryer you need to talk about (laughs) (laughs) that's what got the things right you're talking about walmart Grab you some Aunt Jemima French toast sticks, put them in that air fryer, and see how your world changed, bro. They were absolute heat. I had to endorse them. But then the, the only other thing I have, just for the UFC listeners, UFC fans, uh, we have a pretty good bout coming up tomorrow. Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic. Heavyweight title on the line. Uh, I, the only, if you're, if you're looking to bet it, the way that I look at it is either take Francis Ngannou first-round knockout. You get about 3-1 to one on your money. It's plus 310. Or... If you like Stipe to win, I would go Stipe Miocic by decision. You can get that at plus 420-ish. Um, I think if it goes outside of like the first two rounds, it's going to be Stipe's fight. Last time they fought, he absolutely outclassed Ngannou. I think it'll be a different fight this time around, but still excited to watch. I don't see it going five, man. I don't see those two going five in any. They were, dude, they were throwing and catching them on the chin, and, and both yeah. guys walked right through, <laughs> but who knows? Stipe is built different. I do yeah. agree. If Ningano gets him, it'll be early though. But uh, I'm excited for that fight. I'm very. It's gonna be a good one. Fight. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Only thing I have to say at the buzzer is I know everyone is really hyped for the Sweet 16. Obviously, we should be on the men's side, and there are a lot of good games. And I, and I don't want to breeze by the 16 teams that made it this far in the tournament. But I do think the best matchup of the Sweet 16 is on the women's side for college basketball. Because next week we get Caitlin Clark in Iowa versus Paige Beckers and UConn. And I think one, the, be- the best performance of either side of the tournament this year has been Caitlin Clark's, what, 35 or 37 in the, in the second round to move them to the Sweet 16. And we have two of the, if not two, the two best freshmen in the women's side playing each other in the Sweet 16. We don't have a matchup like that on the men's side. I don't even know if it's that close, to be honest. Like, this is number one and number two for the whole season in terms of the best freshmen. And it's blockbuster and, it, you know, and good for good for women's college basketball because after they were treated to start the tournament and how, you know, how much of a despair there was in terms of their equipment and their space and their meals and everything about from the NCAA, it's now their turn to take, you know, the, the, the top stage as the best matchup of the Sweet 16. And I think they've... The, the sport of women's college basketball earned this after how bad they were treated to start their tournament. So uh, I'm locked into every Sweet 16 game, especially on the men's side for sure. But I'm locked into UConn versus Iowa next week. That's going to be, I can't wait for that. Like, these two can hoop. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but these two can absolutely hoop. The fun they... part about watching women's college basketball is that it emulates, like, arts, like, kind of pickup play way more than men's because none of us can dunk. We, we don't know anyone that can dunk. It's like nah. the back cuts and this path. It's way yeah, more similar. I, gotta, I actually have a different view of it because I actually was a practice player for the Pitt women's team here before really? COVID shut it down. And I got to see, you know, the coaching day-to-day practice stuff. And the level of effort these girls have to put in, I would even argue, is more than the men's side. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling you, they have 30 different plays they have to run. You don't beat it on athleticism. Yeah. You beat teams by, you know, and that that experience for me gave me a whole different view of the women's games. And I'm not gonna lie, I've been crossed up three, four Rain times. And, and that's yeah. not even a, that's not even like you shouldn't even feel ashamed. Yeah, and I've gotten that. I've gotten beat to the boards. I mean, the people that look down on the women's game, especially at this level, this D1 level, and I'm it's talking pit women's basketball, yeah. who is one of the worst teams in the ACC. I mean, these, these girls can hoop, and uh, 
I'll be watching that game actually. I haven't caught much of the women's tournament, but I am actually going to watch that. These game. are still D1 um, players. When you go to the WNBA, they're still professional players. Like if you if you look down on the women's game, you just don't know basketball. Like I I, I was announcing Westchester women's basketball. That's at a D2 level, Kyle, and I'm still watching these girls on the sideline. Like I don't know if I could do. I would like like if I was on the court right now, I'd be a, a middle back player. Like I don't know yeah. if I could do what they're doing right now. Uh, speaking of ACC women's basketball, Kyle, keep your eye out for Virginia just picked up Penn's best player, Alea Parker, 6'4 center, Ivy League player of the year. I was so tight when I found out uh, that she would be leaving Penn. Going to be a much different Penn team whenever we do get back in the building, but uh, that actually that brought it to the top of mind. So, yeah, keep an eye out for Alea Parker. That's sure, they'll probably be pit. We lose a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. All right, that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Big ups to all my guys, Stat Matt Robinson, Kyle Sarah, Jake Galley, full roster. I love the full roster. But for everybody, I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. <laughs>